sidetracked. Uh, don't forget at the close of the service, if you can, come up and sign uh, the card. If you got your own pen, bring your own pen. Be good. Good to see Miss Caitlin here this morning. Good to see you, Brother Sammy. Glad uh, not together, but glad they came in separately. It's good to see them. Good to see Brother Terry and Miss Angela and Josie, you can't hear a word I'm saying, can you? Bless his holy name. Can you hear me now? She said yes. Well, we decided we was going to give Brother Deke a million dollars, but since you didn't hear it, we changed her mind. All right. I don't remember what I said, so you that heard it, go ahead. Good to see uh, Samuel and Caitlin here. Good to see Brother Terry. Uh, I can't see Josie, but I, I know she's here. But Ansley's good to have them here today. You pray for Miss uh, Jean. Uh, she uh, told you last week she was in the hospital. She uh, dislocated her uh, left hip, and she will have to have surgery on that soon. Not sure when as of yet, uh, but you just be praying for her. Not doing well this morning. And then also pray for Brother John. Uh, he's, uh, he can't hardly hear this morning, so you pray for him. And uh, others, I'm sure that we need to be praying for. We kind of look around, see Miss Barbara's here. Let's continue to pray for her sister uh, in the hospital and ask the Lord just to touch there. And uh, as you kind of look around, you see somebody that's not here. I realize it's a little difficult because we're not where we normally are in the church. But just look around. You see somebody that's missing or maybe hadn't seen in a while. Uh, lift them up to the Lord in prayer, and uh, then, of course, um, try to reach out to them. Text, uh, call them, send them a card or something just to encourage them. And I know they would appreciate it, so I ask you to do that. Uh, my family's going to sing a song here in just a little while, or me and Lori will. 
uh, but I'm going to ask Brother David uh, and his family to sing, and uh, so you be praying for them today. If you want to, you can go ahead and take your Bibles and turn to Romans chapter number 1. Uh, if you want to, you can start reading verse number 24. That'll give you an idea of what we're going to be preaching about. You can start praying for me, okay? Uh, but Brother David, I'm going to give it over to you, brother.
pray for as we sing this next verse. Now I'm safe from the stranger, saved from the danger that would try to do me great harm. I am wrapped up and warm in the love of my master. I am resting while Can you hear me? seen her in 17 months. She's probably grown back to get married. Romans chapter number one. Romans chapter number one. I covet your prayers this morning. Read verse number, start with verse number 24. I feel like I need to say this real quick. <clears throat> the loss of anybody is, is going to affect those around. Of course, it's going to affect their close family, son, daughter-in-law, grandkids. All of us have had a loss in Brother Dent, and in no way do I discount that. And uh, I want family to know 
This morning's message is, uh, <laughs> I fought with it all week, trying to talk to the Lord out of preaching it, and uh, mainly because I feel like I know everybody pretty well, and uh, I don't know that this message is for anybody here, but uh, if it's not, then we're just going to blame that on the Lord, because like I said, I've tried all week long since last Saturday to get out of preaching this message. And uh, uh, he just hadn't let up. And so I want to preach on this thought, if it was sin back then. If it was sin back then, Romans chapter number 1, verse number 24. Wherefore God also gave them over, gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever amen I, I find this interesting in studying that Paul as he is writing here he is he's he's starting to give folks down the road brother Jim but right in the middle of it he kind of has a little shouting fit he says these folks have started worshiping the creature more than the creator we got to thinking, Brother Stanley, about that creator. And he said, just in case you don't know, in verse number 25, he says, who is blessed forever? And then he amens himself. I, I like that, Brother Jody. I like it when you can amen yourself. He goes on, for this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, and whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, 
without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful. Who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, we ask for your touch today. God, we do pray that you'd bless the scripture. Father, we pray that you'd bless those that have heard the scripture today. God, we pray that you'd bless the ears that have heard it. And God, we ask you now that you would allow us, Lord, to be able to preach the word of God in boldness, but also with compassion. God, we pray that you'd give us grace and glory for this time. God, we ask you that you'd hide us behind the cross of Calvary. But God, we pray today that you'd let us be a mouthpiece of your word. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. I ask you this morning uh, to kind of keep your Bibles open in this particular place. And uh, we'll be in a couple different areas, but um, we'll, uh, we'll get to those here in just a moment. I will be in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. We were there last week, or yeah, last week, and uh, we'll revisit that and kind of tell you a few things. But last week, um, there was a message that we preached. How I many remember what it was called? Anybody remember? It's wonderful. Wonderful. Last week, we pre preached on In Case You've Forgotten. And uh, in that message, we tried our best to, to tell you as God's people that, uh, that God has made a change in your life, that he's done some things, that he's fixed some things, he's rendered some things. There in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 11, it says, And such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified. We dealt with those things. But now this morning, however, there is a need, and God spoke to me last week in this, that there not only needs to be a reminding, a stirring up by way of remembrance of who you are in Christ, but also to remember that sin is still sin, number one. Number two, to remember that there is a sin. And then number three, what exactly is sin? And so this morning I want to try to preach on that just a little bit and uh, just bring out a few things from our text this morning uh, but there are some things that God has clearly shown that is sin in the Word of God, but now they've been accepted, they've been tolerated, they have been uh, condoned by society, by families, by Christians, and by churches. We see this in the different uh, aspects of quote-unquote worship in churches. There are traditional services, there are contemporary services, there are, uh, I hate to use this word, it sounds too, too relevant, but there are uber contemporary services where uh, you come in in your shorts and your tank tops and, your, and this, that, and the other, and you just try to pray to a Jesus or a God, and I'm not totally convinced that it's the same God that I pray to, it's the same Jesus that I trust him, not completely satisfied in that aspect, but this morning I want to deal with us as Christians today, but also some that may be here, maybe you're a church member, maybe you have made a profession of faith, and there's some sin that continually gnaws at your life, there's a temptation that you cannot outrun, 
there's a temptation that constantly is gnawing at you in that you can't uh, you consistently fall uh, maybe somebody's here or maybe somebody that might watch at a later date maybe maybe it is that you've never accepted Christ as your Savior well today we want to deal with some of these sins and uh, hopefully not introduce you to these sins but rather to remind you that if they were sin back then then there's still a sin today. Romans chapter number 3, verse number 23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's not a doubt in my mind, you that are scattered throughout the parking lot today, and those that may be watching online at some point somewhere, uh, there's not a doubt in my mind that every single one of us are considered a sinner in the eyes of Scripture. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Not only that, but over in Romans chapter 5, verse number 12, it says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Now, I went to church with a man years ago, and he said that he can go throughout many days and never sin. Well, I have a little bit of rebuttal to that. 1 John chapter number 1, verse number 8. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Folks, you and I, we are, we are prone to sin at any given point in our life. Now, I understand that some folks are not tempted as others are. Some folks are not tempted in, in the same uh, aspects that maybe Brother Stanley or, or Miss Kaylee might have to face temptation. Uh, but regardless, each one of us has sin uh, in our hearts. But now the scripture says in Romans chapter number 6, verse number 12 and verse number 14, uh, that, or it teaches rather that we should strive not to sin. Somebody help me now. We should strive not to sin. We shouldn't get up and put our put our clothes on in the morning and say, well, let me see what sin I can find today. No, I believe the exact opposite. I believe we need to put our bridges on. We need to put our clothes on in the morning. We need to declare unto ourselves and unto Satan that today is going to be the day that I'm going to try my best uh, to love the Lord, to get in His Word, to pray, to seek Him, and try to live a righteous life. Now, no matter how steadfast we are in that, there may come a thought that we can't hardly control. There may come, I, this morning on the way to church, there was a lady walking in the middle of my lane of the road. And with all that is within me, I wanted to roll the window down and give her a piece of my mind. But Brother David, as you've already mentioned this morning, I can't remember a whole lot, so i got to keep track of what little bit of mine i got. I can't give too much of it away. We should strive not to sin. Listen to these verses. Romans chapter 6, verse number 12. Let us not sin, or let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey the lust thereof. Don't let sin reign in your body. Don't let it have control. Don't let it dictate the ins and outs, the ups and downs of your life. Verse number 14. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. Now, there are some that, that may say, well, you say you're under grace. That gives you a, a liberty to sin, or that gives you freedom or a license to sin. I beg to differ, and I believe the Apostle Paul did. He said, God forbid 
Uh, I don't believe that being under grace says to, to you and I, it's okay to go out and sin. There are some denominations that believe that. Uh, we can go out and live how we want to. We can do what we want to. Uh, we can sin what, where, when, and who with we want to. And we can just go back and say some liturgy. We can uh, 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 we can say some prayer. We can rub some beads. We can give some money. We can light a candle, whatever it may be. We can confess our faults. But, honey, I want you to know today uh, that sin is sin. We all sin. I'm talking about the introduction now. We all sin, so you don't have to worry about being exempt from this, and we're all told that we should not let sin reign or have dominion in our life, but thanks be unto God, we know today that because of grace, when we do sin, God is faithful and just to forgive us, amen? <clears throat> today, we're going to turn the corner on, in case you've forgotten, and deal with this thought of sin. I want to start with verse number, I guess it's verse number 29. Verse number 29 uses this word unrighteousness, being filled with all of, and there's a lot in this passage that I'd like to look at. Verse number 19 uses that word known of God. There's verse number 21, it says when they knew God. We may mention a little bit of that from verse number 25 or 26. I want you to look at this word unrighteousness. It means a deed violating the law or justice. But now before we can get to unrighteousness, the Bible says being filled with unrighteousness. What, what does he say? It actually says with all unrighteousness. Look at this word filled. It means to make full or to be full to the top. Paul is dealing with these people here at this church, if you will, these Christians, these Gentiles. And he is saying that there are some that are not just containing unrighteousness. There are some of you that are not just kind of dipping your toenails or your fingers in unrighteousness, but rather... There are some that are absolutely filled to the brim. The Bible says with all unrighteousness. This word again, it means to make uh, or a deed violating the law or justice. In the Hebrew, when you turn over to uh, the Old Testament, this word unrighteousness means morally perverse or depraved. 1 John chapter 5, verse number 17, that all unrighteousness is sin. It doesn't, it doesn't dictate what, uh, what may fall under that. It simply says that all things that are depraved, all things that are morally perverse, all deeds that violating a law or justice is sin. We live in a society today, though, that says that if it feels good, go ahead, do it. We live in, a, in an age in the church where it's as if, matter of fact, the Laodicean church, they were, they were neither hot or cold, but they were lukewarm. There were some that tried their best to live right, uh, while others seemingly lived uh, with the, the, the mantra, que sera, sera, whatever will be, will be. And I want you to know today that God has outlined some things that are wrong in every person's life, not just the sinner's. Not just the saints, but all men. 
He says that all unrighteousness, some are filled with all unrighteousness. R.E. Torrey said that this is a defect in righteousness. What happens? What happens when you find a defect? You go to the furniture store, you need to buy a refrigerator, and you find one that's real nice, then you see a yellow or a red or an orange sticker on it. You say, what's that for? Oh, that's a scratching dent. We can't sell that like new. Why? Because it's, it's a reject. It is a, what was the word? A defect. It has a scratch. The paint's not right. Maybe the holes that the shelves go in are a little off, and it, so it won't, the shelves won't line up perfectly. They'll discount it. They'll do a deep cut discount on it. Somebody is with a child, those doctors will prick, prick that mama's finger. They'll draw blood. They may even put a needle into that mother's womb and take blood from that baby. They'll do different tests to see if there is any defects in that child. And R.A. Torrey said that unrighteousness is a defect in righteousness. For those that are trying to live a righteous life, trying to do exactly what's right, there is some defect. And what that is is living an unrighteous life. He says you're filled with all unrighteousness. It sounds a lot like the verse that I used on Wednesday night, James chapter number 4, verse number 17. It says, Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Again, there's a lot of folks today, a lot of Christians, a lot of churches, they're accepting and they're tolerating and they're condoning sin, but it is wrong. Let me look number two. Well, David was getting money thrown at him. I'm glad you don't have books out there. You might start throwing them here in just a minute. Look with me again, verse number 29. It says, being filled with all unrighteousness. Oh, what's this next word? Fornication. This word fornication, it, in, in the Greek, it is the word pornai. Pornia. It may sound familiar. It's where we get our English word pornography. Even in this day, in the book of Romans, chapter number one, Paul was dealing with this pornea, pornia, and it is uh, any sexual intercourse before or outside of marriage. Brother Cheney, why are you talking like that? Do you realize how much vile sin is in churches? And that is condoned, I've got it in my notes, I'm going to get there in just a minute, but it is condoned by Christians who are adults. Oh yeah, oh yeah. They say, well, we're consenting adults, we, we can do what we want to do. I beg to differ. Well, we're consenting adults, you know, everything's okay, uh, I accept it, we'll go on vacation together. We'll stay in the same house together. When we go on vacation, we'll stay in the same room. I'll sleep on the floor. She'll sleep. 
hogwash. So you ain't never been in that bedroom. No, I haven't, honey, and I ain't trying to go in there. But I want you to know what it does, whether you ever lay a hand on that woman or on that man, I want you to know what it does. It impacts your testimony in a way that is detrimental to a child of God. I've heard people for years, even, even teenagers, young adults, dating, going on vacations with families, this. I just worry. I worry. Because so many things can happen when the lights go out. So many things can happen when this part of the family is going over here and you're off on a, on a ride over here or you're in this room by yourself or you're upstairs. Hey, I'm, I'm preaching this morning. I ain't trying to paint no pretty tulips this morning. I'm talking about there's sin, if we're not careful, that's being accepted and condoned. The Bible says it's fornication. Now, specifically, this word fornication, I'm not trying to be off color. I really am not. I think that's one reason why I struggle so much with this message is because it's just bold. It's out there. It's in your face, Hannah. And you're grown. I can talk to you like a grown woman, but this word means any sexual intercourse before or outside of marriage. If you're not married and you have relations with a man or a woman, that's fornication. If you are married and you have relations with someone outside of that, it's called fornication. It's also called adultery. And the scripture warns against it as well. But this is that word that is pornea or pornea, pornia, however you, whatever day of the week it is, however you want to say it. And it is, it is that that is so wicked, intimately, and God says in his word, you're filled with all unrighteousness and fornication. I got to go on. I want you to see this. It is accepted by society as a rite of passage. I told my wife yesterday about a, uh, a website that I found in studying this that was freely available to anyone to ask any sort of question dealing with this particular sin, intimacy. And they fixed this website up in a way that it's attractive to children. They've got a nice little uh, web bot on it so it's attracted to or it attracts young men and young women to go and ask questions about their body and about this and about can I tell you young folks y'all that's in here I want you especially mine y'all that are in here this morning young folks up until you get married you better watch who you ask your questions to I'm not going to be satisfied with some website giving my 10-year-old or my 14-year-old information and education on their bodies and on their mates and on their sexual education. I'm not going to do it. And you ought not do it either. Grandmamas, grandpas, aunts, uncles, mom and daddies, you need to watch what they're doing and where they're going. This word, pornea, fornication, it is... 
me see if I can find it. Bless God, my iPad just died. I'm finna preach now. I ain't got no notes to go on. We get it over here out of the sun. We see that this fornication, it is adopted. It is accepted by those of society. So much so that the average age of this act is somewhere between 12 and 17 years of age. As early as 12 years old. The website that I just mentioned question was asking, it says, 17 is a good age. I'm 41, still ain't got enough sense to know exactly about my body or my wife's body. And I, y'all help me now, I sure didn't at 17. Not only that, I want you to look with, we're going to go on. Romans chapter 1 is where we're at. Romans chapter 1. He says this. He says, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetous, malicious, envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, here it is, without natural affection. Depending on who you ask, Depending on what writer you read after, you may get a uh, casual answer that kind of describes this without not having natural, the word is inborn, affection, that thing that you are passionate about. It could be a mother to her children. It could be a, a husband to a wife or a child to a parent. There is that natural there is that inborn affection to someone. But as we begin to study a little bit deeper, we see that though this word natural does mean inborn, we see today that it is talking about something a little bit different. If we were to look back in our previous verses and couple these together, it says God gave them over to up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts. He says, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the cre uh, creature more than the creator. It says, God gave them up unto vile affections. Go on, it says, the, likewise, the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly. It goes on and it says in verse number 28 that God gave them over to a reprobate mind. I want you to see here that God in verse number 24, God gave them up to uncleanness. In uh, verse number 26, I believe it is, it says God gave them up to foul affections. And then in verse 28, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. Uh, there are some times that God, listen to me, and then listen to me carefully. I preached a message years ago, maybe even here, I don't remember, uh, when uh, uh, the danger of making God mad. I believe you can do a sin. The Bible says a sin unto death. I believe you can say no one too many times. You can turn your back on God. And this is what has happened here, Nathan. They were given up under their own lust. They were given up to vile affections. And then they were given over to a reprobate mind. I want you to know today that there are some things about these vile affections and these their own lust or uncleanness that it says there in verse number 24. But man alive, my heart 
is there. In verse number 28, uh, he's given them over to a reprobate mind. This word reprobate, or reprobate, it, it simply means uh, that something has been called, if you will. Something has been looked at, looked over, and it's found unsuitable for use. Where's Brother John? Brother John, you call those pecans that you get. You look them over. You make sure there ain't no wormholes. You make sure there's no rot in them. And if there is rot, you throw them away. You throw them out. You give them to an animal. You, 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 whatever. I don't know what you do with them. But Mr. Nisham, God says here uh, that they have been given over to a reprobate and unsuitable mind. They're not fit. What about you, sir? What about you this morning? Is there some sin that has crept into your life and you've kind of left it there? You've let it stay there? I need to turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter number 6. That's where we were last week. It says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. He says, Neither, here it is, fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate. Now, here's a word that I was trying my best not to say anything about. When I think about effeminate, you, you, you know what we think about, Brother David. Limp-wristed, somebody that walks with a little bit too much pep in their steps sometimes. Uh, you know, I'm trying not to be funny. I'm trying to, to be very to the point. But the word effeminate, it means soft or soft to touch. And as bad as this is for us to acknowledge... In the original language, it means a boy that has been kept for the sole purpose to please an adult male. And it says, be not deceived. And he gives this list, Kurt, of all these sins, all of these things that, that have crept into the lives and into the hearts of men, women, and children. He goes on and he says, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. Over there in the book of Romans chapter number one that we were talking about, there was that worse. They, they left the natural use of a woman. And there is a use between a man and a woman that that is speaking about. And here he says that they have, uh, that they are, uh, what did you say? They've, they've left their, they, the abusers of themselves with mankind. It says that they are thieves and covetous. They're drunkards, revilers, extortioners. He said, none of these shall inherit the kingdom of God. Now, last week we read that verse number 11, and such were some of you. But this morning we need to be reminded of what maybe we once were, but not only that, we need to be reminded of what sin is. Now, for you that may be here, and there's, there's probably more that I could say, for you that are here, I want you to know that there is hope. You say, well, I, I, 
I've gone too far. I don't know exactly how far uh, is too far. Or I don't think that God can forgive me. I just don't think that I can take myself and, and really pray. I just don't think that God will forgive me. Can I tell you today that God has already promised that he will forgive you? I want to try to remember these verses if I can over here in Second uh, Peter chapter number 3. We seem to say this recently quite a bit. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness but is long suffering to usward not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. You remember those words that we said there in the in the introduction for all have sinned. Death and sin has passed upon all. Can I tell you that? Whoop, can I tell you today uh, that as for as many as are sinners there is salvation. For as many as are in sin, there is forgiveness. Over in 1 John chapter number 1, uh, again, we say this a lot. Verse number 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Over in Romans chapter number 3. <clears throat> Romans chapter number 10, I want you to see this. Verse number 8, it says, But what saith then? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth. He says, You know the word of God. You've heard the word of God. He said, That word is what we preach. And what it says is, in verse number 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart uh, that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. This word shalt is just like that word shalt or should in John chapter number 3, verse number 16. Uh, it does not mean that you might. It does mean that there's a great possibility, but it is a concrete word that means without a doubt, without any trace of doubt or turning there is absolute truth that you will be saved he says thou shalt be saved for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation for the scripture saith whosoever shall uh, believeth on him shall not be ashamed Paul says over in Romans chapter number one for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. I'm glad this morning uh, that one day, uh, 20 something years ago, I went from an all being a sinner uh, to being under the all promise of God. I'm glad that now I can stand and boldly say that I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it is, it is the power, that dynamite of God. He says there's no difference between the Jew and the Greek for the same Lord over all is rich and all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now over there in Romans chapter number one, you find the word Brother David mentioned it a few months ago. feels like a year and a half ago. But in Sunday school, Brother David, you mentioned gnosko. You mentioned the word I do. It's the same word in our English language, has a little bit different meaning. But there in those verses that I mentioned in Romans chapter number one, we just pull them up here real quick. Romans chapter number one, it says that, verse number 19, because they which may be known of God is manifest in them. Here's the word known. 
verse number 21, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful. That word knew there is that gnosko. They had an experience with something that taught them. It says they professed themselves to be wise, and in that they became fools. They changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like the corruptible man, and the birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. It says in verse 28, even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. Rachel, I'm afraid to say that some of the ones that fit into Romans chapter 1 probably heard the gospel. I believe without doubt they heard the gospel but probably heard the gospel and accepted it, but fell back into some of their Gentile sins. He says they had a knowledge. They knew about him. But instead of following him, they turned themselves into gods, and they began to worship the trees and the grass and the birds and the animals. They began to worship the creature more than the creator. Sounds a whole lot familiar to our America today. I say America. I've got your brother Jody Hodnett over in England, uh, wherever he's at, Scotland. Brother Keith Kashner over in England. Brother Rob Smith, Brother Roger Tooley, all missionaries in England are going to England. Each one of them have told me this week and last week how wicked and vile the government is in that land. I wonder if it might be that this world needs a revelation. Maybe not a revelation. That, that might be the wrong word, but maybe they need a reminding. Let's, let's go with that of what sin really is. And can I tell you today, this, this scripture was, was written nearly 2,000 years ago. But I want you to know that God has not changed his mind on you. He's not changed his mind on what sin is. He's not changed his mind on who all is. And he has not changed his mind on who he can and will save. And I say save, but also forgive. God would gladly forgive you of your sin today. You don't have to wait till tomorrow. You don't have to hope that you won't commit that sin again. Just give it to God. Just go to Him and let Him take that from you. Go to every time you're tempted. Go to God. Don't stand there and try to do it yourself. Don't stand there and try to uh, shadow box with something that you can't see. Instead, give that temptation. Uh, give that lust of the flesh over to God and let Him handle it. Let's stand today. Brother David, can you sing one after that? Dear Father, we ask you today that you would touch. God, I realize, Lord, that there may be some things that I might could have said, maybe some things might shouldn't have said, but God, I can't in the presence of these people apologize. God, we need to be reminded daily of sin, especially sin that may have creeped into our life. 
God, I beg you today that you would touch every listener. Lord, whether here or on the internet, we pray today that you would allow us, Lord, to be very conscious of our lives. To be very conscious of the fact that we may let unrighteousness creep into our lives. God, we pray that we'll not have that depravity. But dear God, I ask you today that you would allow us, Lord, to get up each morning. Read this word of God, this love letter from you to us. Lord, let us be able to get up and read and then go to prayer and begin to seek your desire and your will for us. God, throughout the day, I pray that you give us a heart of prayer, a heart of worship. God, allow us to keep our minds stayed on. Lord, I realize that some of us are reading tape measures and spreadsheets and, and doing this, that, and the other. I understand that, God, but... Lord God, I pray today that you'd allow us to be able to stop and pray at any point in our day and worship and have fellowship with you. God, we ask you to do a work. We ask you to help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Appreciate that, and I want to remind you about uh, hey, what I'll do. I'm going to put this over on the piano. This is the card for Mamaw Jane. Um, I do have a pen up here, but if you want to bring your own pen, of course, that's perfectly fine. Uh, I ask some of you men if you can help gather up the chairs, keep them folded, put them inside of the church, and uh, try to get everything taken care of. Don't forget, no service tonight. And uh, online service will be on Wednesday night. This Wednesday night, I'm going to be having um, <clears throat> Brother Jay Ross, uh, a missionary friend of mine. And uh, I will, uh, I'll tell you later where he's from. Uh, but 
a little bit of privacy there. Um, so I ask you if you would be praying for him. Uh, they'll have a video presentation and recorded video testimony. And so uh, we'll play that on Wednesday night. Um, so you'll be praying for that. We're supposed to be here Wednesday night, uh, but because we're having online service, booked him back probably in January or February. Um, but because of our online service, he's just going to do that for us. Uh, but you'll be praying. You go praying today. Come back, Lord willing, next Sunday. We'll be back here in the parking lot. But you pray for good weather and uh, pray that God will continue to bless us. Look around and see somebody missing. Lift them up to the Lord in prayer. But most definitely try to reach out and let them know that they were missed. Okay? Um, any announcements that I've all right. Don't forget this card up here from Mamaw Jane. It's on the corner of the piano. You can sign that. Just let her know how much you miss her, how much you love her. And uh, I know that she would appreciate that. And, uh, and continue to remember uh, these that have lost loved ones. And let's praise the Lord. We're being liberty to go. Okay? Real loud. One, two, three. Praise, praise the Lord. Lord.